Welcome, everyone, to this special preview show from ChompTalk.com as we preview the matchup between the Florida Gators and the Tennessee Volunteers, a 3.30 kickoff here in Knoxville, Tennessee. And some pretty interesting notes here. Uh, Tennessee will be without, I believe it's 16 players due to COVID and contact tracing. And they will also be without one of their best defensive players as linebacker Kavon Bennett was dismissed from the team after being arrested on drug and weapon charges on Tennessee campus. So some huge developing story right there. And uh, yeah, Tennessee's going to be a little bit short going into Knoxville and uh, Florida. You know, I, I would say Florida take advantage of that. But I think even if Tennessee's whole roster was there, still think Florida could take advantage of it. But uh, just get uh, get some of your thoughts there, uh, Brian and Jake, uh, you know, with the developing story there. And, uh, you know, the players being out, uh, it should be easy pickings for Florida, but you know how we said that the past two weeks and, you know, get a slow start there on offense in the, in the first half there. So uh, what are y'all, what are y'all's takes on that? Yeah, Dave, like you said, it's been a pretty interesting week on the Knoxville campus uh, with, you know, drugs and, and theft and stuff like that. And then you've got COVID and, you know, it just seems like Florida's gotten really lucky the last couple of weeks having to face teams that are mostly depleted. Um, not that these aren't games that they should have been cakewalks anyway, but you know, it really it doesn't really add to the intrigue in this game like you would expect from a Florida-Tennessee game. But at the end of the day, this is still a rivalry game. It is still a game that Florida wants to win. Uh, and it's a game that I think Florida, Florida can and should win pretty convincingly. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it, it, it hasn't really mattered. Um, in the last two games where they're, they've played teams decimated by guys being out due to contact tracing or or just getting COVID in general. I think I read somewhere that Tennessee was expecting to have their guys back. They only have two positive cases out of the last time I saw, but that was two days ago, the last uh, the last story I saw on it. But, I mean, it, it hasn't really mattered how many guys people have out because teams seem to start out really well against Florida in the first half. So, it's all about how the Gators want to show up in this game. And let's just take a second to talk about just how lucky is Florida that they had their issues with COVID earlier in the year and they were able to reschedule some games and rework the schedule and really to their advantage right now. So as teams like Kentucky and teams like Tennessee, they didn't have the benefit of being able to just say, eh, you know, we'll play at the end of the season because that schedule's pretty much done and made up now. Yeah, it did benefit them a lot. I remember uh, a, lot, a lot of teams that we have played uh, actually came down with it afterwards when we played them, and uh, a lot of people out there worrying about it. But the uh, you know once uh, I, I don't know the the science behind it, but I know once you get COVID, it's it's pretty hard to get it again. I know that you can, and it's possible, but it's 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 really it's really rare to see. Uh, I think it's like a three month span to where you may be able to get it again. I don't know. I've, I've I haven't looked researched too much into it, but. Uh, yeah, it's definitely an advantage that that Florida has had this whole season. I know that there's some teams that have skated by without with just you know minor COVID cases. Uh, I, I think Georgia might be one of them. Um, there's a few others, but just about every team that this year you have seen a case or 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 twenty or thirty cases, and um, you know there's been some depleted teams around here. But uh, you know. Uh, Tennessee comes in here two and five. They it's not like they started out hot and with had all their players and they were winning games consistently anyway in the first place. So uh, you know, uh, Jared Guantano was their starting quarterback. He hasn't been that good. Uh, the, his backups have not been that good either. I 
I just don't even even with players returning back for Tennessee, I don't see a problem for Florida winning this game. Uh, the only thing I'm worried about is the, the the same thing that we're worried about every week is the defense. How they're how they're not going to are they going to stop the run? Uh, they did did it well in the Georgia game. Can they do it in this game? Can they do it in in the Tennessee game, or Vanderbilt game, Kentucky game? You saw it in the Kentucky game. Slow start there in the uh, first half, and then the second half was completely night and day. What happened? Uh, I mean, you know, yeah, Todd Grantham got cussed out, but uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure there's it's a collaboration with the players and the coaches as well. So we'll have to see what happens in this game. I I, I would expect that Florida comes out hot and wants to win this game because this is the game that they have to win to clinch the SEC East. Once once they win this game, that's it. It doesn't matter what happens the next game, but you got to win out. And when you get to that SEC championship game to even be considered for the playoff and you got to beat Alabama. So Florida right now is a 85.3% favorite in the matchup predictor per ESPN. Right now in Vegas, they are a 17.5 favorite as well. So, yeah, with that being said, man, uh, I don't think this should be a, uh, a, a task like it should have been with Kentucky and Vanderbilt. I just, if, if Florida's got to start out hot here, and then I think once they start out hot, they'll pretty much take it all the way to the house. Yeah, I think the, the only game in this, like, five-game losing streak for Tennessee, I think the only one that's even been, like, the least bit competitive was the uh, – what was that that Georgia game when they they went into halftime 21-17 ever since then I don't think any of their games have been close besides maybe like Arkansas and then Auburn would just Auburn's Auburn Auburn can play anybody close because they have an enigma at quarterback but yeah I don't think anybody would expect Florida to lose this game but we also didn't expect Florida to like lose them any of the games this year minus the Georgia game so yeah this this Tennessee team's a far cry from the teams from the 90s and the early 2000s um it's a kind of amazing what has happened to that program as they have declined from being atop that perch um Neyland Stadium used to be one of the most difficult places to play, you know, a hundred and several thousand packed in. And uh, it's just not that anymore. Obviously with COVID, there's going to be significantly less crowd there, but you know, nobody cares. The, the biggest factor going into this game right now is that it might be cold and Florida players probably haven't seen a lot of snow in their lives. Will they be able to deal with that as it gets later into the afternoon and into the evening uh, in Knoxville up there on Saturday? It's going to be like 45 at kickoff, and then it's going to get down to like 38 by the time the game's over. So, I mean, for Florida people, yeah, that's pretty cold. Yeah, living here in Woodstock, Georgia, that's uh, it's it's still cold for us, but it's not. It's something we're more accustomed to, I guess. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I especially with the sun out, I wouldn't think that unless it's cloudy. I don't know, but I wouldn't think that Florida would have a trouble with the weather. I've seen them play in colder temperatures, and they've played a little bit, you know, just just as good. But um, yeah, th- th- I mean, this is a rivalry that that as of late, hasn't been that interesting. And, and it used to be, used to be back, you know, in the nineties and all that, but uh, yeah, just the past, I think 15 times Florida has played Tennessee, Tennessee has won one. And that was, you know, on a, on a 21 to zero lead during halftime. And then all of a sudden Florida just comes out flat the second half 
And, uh, definitely different coaches on that team. Jim McElwain and Doug Nussmeyer and uh, Austin Appleby as quarterback. That's uh, quite a shame. And Tennessee had a lot better team back then than what than what they do now. So, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, just a couple of notable stats and just running down here. Uh, Tennessee is uh, only averaging 20.1 points on offense. It's, uh, it's 108th in the nation. That's, that's pretty bad. Uh, that's probably one of the worst in the SEC, I would think. And while Florida's averaging 43.4, which is probably the second best in the SEC because I know Alabama's above them, and that, that's ranked for 10th nationally. So right there, you've got a big mismatch just in offense and, 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 and average points. <clears throat> the defensive points given up per game, Tennessee's given up 31.3. That is a lot of points to give up, especially to a, a high-powered offense like Florida. I uh, expect Florida to score often and score a lot. I think that's pretty worse than, than what Kentucky or any of those other teams because Kentucky's defense was playing pretty lights out there at the beginning of the season but yeah that they're that's good for 76 but it, you know Florida's given up 29 25.9 I mean they've they've given up a lot of yards don't get me wrong uh, Florida's defense hasn't been the defense that we're used to seeing but uh, I mean get, points wise they haven't they given up about 25.9 which with the offense that you have that scores an average of 43.4 as long as you can get that margin of offense over that margin of defense, then you're really going to win games that way. And, uh, you know, I, I think that's one of the statistical categories that, that Florida really, really just can take advantage of. I, I think the offense needs to come out there and just start hot. They've had some slow starts these past couple of games. And, uh, you know, I, I, with Kyle Pitts back as well and uh, their, their best, you know, defensive linebacker out for the game, I would think that Florida would try to score early and score often. I, I don't know what you guys think. but Yeah, and I think it's important to note that Tennessee did win their first two games this year. They beat South Carolina. They beat Missouri. Um, and I know that those are two also rands in the SEC. But, you know, they're on a five-game losing streak. They end the year with number six Florida and number five Texas A&M. They're going to go two and eight this year, barring they don't maybe play in Texas A&M because of COVID or something. Um, it's not a good team. They don't have a good quarterback play. They they have a decent running back. Um, but if Florida can key in on the running back, because they should be able to play man-to-man in the pass defense and have no issues covering because there's not a good quarterback, not a dynamic quarterback under center. Um, I mean, it's hard to think that this game could be a blowout when you saw what happened against Vanderbilt and you saw what happened against Kentucky, because those games realistically should have been incredibly different as far as blowout. Um, But this might be the worst team that Florida has played through this stretch so far. Yeah, and I think uh, they said Jarrett Guarantano might not be available for this game, I believe, but uh, that's kind of upsetting for me because I, I, I wanted some interceptions this game, so may may not get that, but uh, <laughs> we'll see here this time. But, uh, yeah, you're, you're right about their running back. They have a really good running back by the name of Eric Gray. He has rushed for 651 yards so far this year, averaging 4.9 yards per rush and uh, for four touchdowns there. And, uh, and you know, they, they Tennessee has is, is been primarily – run anyway the, the the bad quarterback play is there but you know they're they're watching film from from the the first game uh or excuse me last game the first half of the last game they're watching film from that and saying well look how kentucky ran the ball we can keep all we can keep florida's offense off the field if we can run the ball just like kentucky did and, and i think that's what they're going to aim for especially even if guarantano's out their backups have not really been that good either and i think that 
might be what they primarily concentrate on is trying to run the ball and trying to keep Florida's offense off the field. A couple of little slant plays, some short pass plays here. Nothing nothing too difficult for the backups. I don't think they're going to try to throw the ball deep that much. But, yeah, I, I believe that would be Tennessee's game plan going into here because really, honestly, if you go down just all – just. The, Every statistical stat from from Tennessee to Florida, Florida pretty much beats them and beats them pretty handedly. Yeah, I mean, the, when you guys talk about quarterbacks and with Garantano and you know Harrison Bailey and uh, Brian Marr, you know, you I don't know why I told Brian the, or David this. I don't know why Tennessee even tries to throw the football because not only is Eric Gray good, but they have a great backup in Ty Chandler too. So. Like you said, David, I expect them to look and see how uh, Kentucky was able to control the first half with their running game and really milk clock and keep Florida's offense on the bench. Um, But you don't also got to worry about is, you know, their their quarterbacks might be terrible, but they still have some playmakers at wide receiver, like a Josh Palmer, who could play that uh, Caleb Chapman role that he did against Marco Wilson when he just bodied him the whole game, uh, getting inside leverage and just beating him on basically every route. So there's definitely some danger here with this Tennessee team, but like we've said, they have been able to put anything together with the talent they have. Yeah, and a lot of people are saying that Jeremy Pruitt needs this game in order to save his coaching career in Knoxville. And if that's the case, then why don't you go and employ a triple triple option right here and uh, just use it for these last two games? You'd actually have a better chance of winning if you didn't throw a pass than if you even try right here with quarterbacks that obviously are sub- subpar in this conference. I watched him play Auburn, okay? It went all the way down the field with Eric Gray and Ty Chandler. And this was back when it was close games, like a one-score game. And they get down there, and they try this route combination, and Garantano actually ends up throwing it right at the safety, completely misses the other receiver. And um, I think it was Smoke Monday who picked him off, and he took him all the way back to the house. It changed the entire game for Tennessee when they had just run it down Auburn all the way to the, like, 10-yard line. So – that's what I'm talking about when it's like they can't get out of their own way. And if Jeremy Pruitt can finally just say, you know what? Our best player is number three in orange. Just give him the ball and let him do something. Yeah, that is pretty interesting. And you, you, you just mentioned, uh, they're one of their best receivers on Marco Wilson. And I kind of shrieked a little bit. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's going to be something to look out for there as well. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, both teams are going to be playing like they want to win this game because Tennessee's got nothing to lose, but they've lost to Florida all these years. And I'm pretty sure they hate losing to Florida and their fans hate losing to Florida. Their players hate losing to Florida. And when you got nothing to lose, they're going to try to do anything that they can to at least compete with this team. And then you've got Florida, on the other hand, that knows if they win one more game, they win the SEC East. They're heading to the SEC Championship. So they definitely want to win this game, especially uh, in style. And I remember at the beginning of the year, we were talking about facing Tennessee last on our schedule as opposing to facing Tennessee as the first, you know, one of the first opponents that we play on our schedule. I think it's like the third opponent every year. And um, in some cases, it's, I guess, different, but... Uh, Tennessee now, uh, we were, we were scared that at the end of the year that Tennessee would, would, would figure their team out and, and we, it would be a lot closer of a game, but man, uh, just, and and I know you guys have talked about the wins that they had over Auburn and, and, and South Carolina and they weren't huge, 
you know, wins, you know, I mean, they barely won against South Carolina. Um, they, I mean, not, they lost to Auburn, excuse me, 30 to 17. And then they, they beat Missouri, but uh, I mean, Missouri would probably be their most impressive win that I see on their schedule, but man, just going down. Uh, I mean, the, the teams that we have been able to convincingly win against, they, they've just haven't been, even with their starters, they haven't just been impressive. And I don't know, man, I, I think that, that, I think, you know, honestly, Florida should take this game away. Like, like honestly, and, and, and even just going down some of the stats, their their Tennessee's third down defense is ranked 114th in the nation. 114th. Florida's third down defense, number 62. But <laughs> red zone scoring is what's the funniest. Tennessee is ranked 107th in the nation in red red zone scoring, while Florida is ranked 13th in the nation. So that's uh, a <laughs> that's. One of the things I think that Florida could could also take advantage of once they get down there to the red zone, and uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure Dan Mullen is not going to play conservative and run the ball three times like he did against Kentucky over there at the end of the game unless, unless we're really, really blowing Tennessee out. So, uh, yeah, with Kyle Pitts back, and, uh, you know, uh, Tennessee's actually giving up uh, about 160 rush yards right now. I think on average 160 around that mark. So Florida should be able to run the ball. Kind of, kind of, especially with their linebacker being out, their best defensive player. I, I don't think Florida has trouble running the ball. I, I know they haven't been the most, you know, run-heavy team in the nation. Not like Georgia. Like Georgia completely decapitated South Carolina on the run last week. But uh, you know, Florida is, has been more of a passing team, and I think Kyle Trask can have him a three, four hundred. I don't know about five hundred, but he can at least have a four hundred yard game. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. This Florida should be able to do whatever it wants in this game. That Tennessee defense doesn't excel in any any particular area, and it's going to be up to the Florida defense to give the Florida offense as many possessions, as many opportunities as possible. What you can't have is the team to come out as flat as they did against um, Kentucky last week and to, to basically be on the field the entire first half. Uh, if that happens, Florida's in trouble. Maybe not. They're probably not going to lose regardless of what happens in that first half. But, you know, this is this is style points. This is how you get over the hump where you, where you have Texas A&M ranked ahead of Florida right now. If you go in there, make a statement, get in and get out, and maybe you end up in that five spot next week. Not that it really matters. It's obviously all going to come down to the Alabama game. But the style points count at least a little bit, and I think Dan Mullen sees that. And, you know, I'm, I know I'm kind of pushing on that uh, Trask for Heisman campaign, but I don't want Dan to hold him back, man. Let him throw the ball. 253 yards last week, that's just not cutting it, man. That's not Heisman material. That's not, Let that's it. not how you win trophies, man. But I would have disagree with you, Brian, on that fact that, honestly – Really, like, and you've you kind of argued against yourself there. Style points don't matter at this rate. Like, style points mattered like third, fourth game of the year, but now it's just win, just win ball games and you make the playoff. Yeah, but nobody's going to be happy coming out of Tennessee with a 30 to 27 win this week, right? I mean, no, people, people will still be lighting up Steve Russell's phone line talking about how. We can barely only beat Tennessee and blah, blah, blah. We're not going to beat Alabama and LSU will still be tough and, you know, all these things. So, but it's only for like the fans appeasement. Come on. If Dan Mullen saves Jeremy Pruitt's job by losing this game, he needs to be fired, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Just scraped. I'm sure uh, James Hebner will foot that bill. Exactly. <laughs> well, I know. Uh, I know Tennessee owes a lot of money to Butch Jones still. So uh, while Butch Jones is over there smoking cigars over there at Alabama, he's still getting paid by Tennessee. So I don't even think that uh, that they could even fire Jeremy Pruitt. I don't think they could afford it. But um, I don't know. I mean, maybe if they lose the rest of the schedule, you never know. But I mean, you could have that excuse of, well, it's been a COVID year, and, and, and well, that that excuse didn't work for Will Muschamp or Derek Mason. So I, mean, I didn't save. Uh, it didn't help Carolina. You know, I yeah. didn't save Will Muschamp's job. Well, and. and- Will Muschamp's getting fifteen and a half million dollars to not coach. <laughs> yeah, but, I don't. You know, I, th- I thought the COVID thing was the excuse. Oh, now we don't have to fire our coach because you know COVID, and we we don't have money now. These schools are finding money. <laughs> uh, Philip Fulmer, I think this is all a ploy, uh, an entire just scheme for Phil Fulmer to become the head coach of Tennessee football again. That's just my personal opinion. Well, they might need that because he might be the worst athletic director in the whole country. He got the AD fired, and now he's going to make himself the head coach. Yeah, it was genius. <laughs> and and if he plays it smart, he gets to sign his name on whatever check he wants. <laughs> name your price. I will name my price. <laughs> I just want them to bring back the trash can. That's all I want. The turnover trash can where they dunked it? That was great. That was a great prop. Life champions, guys. Life champions. Champions of life. <laughs> Five star hearts. <laughs> Speaking I of, I miss, uh, I miss Butch Jones, man. <laughs> hey. Yeah, I do too, oh man. Butch Jones really, uh, really, uh, bit that the mold, guy I was guess. a quote machine. <laughs> yeah, he was. Uh, man, if I could, if somebody could put together a YouTube video of Butch Jones quotes, I think I might put that on repeat and just watch it every day just to get a good laugh out of it. <laughs> Jake, I've, I, Jake, I've heard you've got a little free time. You can put that together for us, right? And put the yeah. Chomp Talk yeah, logo at the I bottom. Could do, that. <laughs> I do that with my no job. I got basically 40 hours a week doing nothing. Yeah, we can do that. All right, we'll make it happen. And maybe we'll compensate you this time. <laughs> I'll think about it. You know, uh, talk about this rivalry hasn't been very interesting. I, I guarantee you the last two coaches for both teams have made it very interesting for both both universities and fan bases. Yeah. Jim McElwain pulled two wins out of nothing. Just yeah. out of thin air. Just He snatched victory from the jaws of defeat somehow. And it's great to see all these people out here getting disappointed. I love it. Oh, yes. And that man. Yes, that man, that too. Somehow <laughs> finding ways to just somehow win a football game. The way I look at it, they got what they deserved. And it should have been worse. <laughs> all right, y'all. Uh, you know, uh, a couple other <laughs> more notable stats. We're, we're backtracking and making some Butch Jones jokes. And, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure all the people out there will uh, – We'll appreciate that, uh, listening to this part of the podcast. But uh, now there are some interesting other stats. Uh, Tennessee is ranked 101st in the nation in throwing interceptions. So, yeah, that's uh, – I mean, if you're ranked first, you're not throwing that many interceptions So in that category. But, yeah, they're 101st, and I think Garantano is is part of that. <laughs> but uh, uh, the backups have been throwing some picks here, here and there, too. I mean, obviously they're backups. But Fordham, obviously Kyle Trask, he's only thrown three picks for the year. Ranked number 34 in the nation, Florida is in interceptions thrown. Uh, do need to clean up some fumbles, though, so I expect Tennessee maybe to try to force some fumbles there as well. Uh, just just some things that, that just come through my mind to get Tennessee to maybe 
try to squeak one out over Florida, but I just don't see it. I mean, you know, you got uh, offensive yards per game. Uh, Tennessee, with, with combined with rushing and passing, Tennessee's averaging 339 yards of offense, which is 106th in the nation. <laughs> and you want to know where Florida's at, obviously. Florida is 509.2 in total offense and ranked 10th in the nation. So uh, I think that uh, that's a very overwhelming stat for both of them. And uh, yeah, just when you go down any kind of statistical category on any site, man, this 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 is just uh, Florida just completely, I would say, defensive yards given up. I would say Tennessee is probably close with Florida on that one, but that's about it. Everything else is just way just in Florida's favor. Okay, but let's think about that offensive yardage per game stat for Florida for a second. 509, and that's only 10th in the country. And you know why? Because UCF averages like 7 million yards of offense. But if I were to walk up to a Florida fan in 2017 and say, hey, you know what? In a few years, Florida's going to average over 500 yards of offense, be 10th best in the nation. That just blows my mind to think about. Right, but if you tell those same fans that they're also going to rank 115th or whatever in defense, you know, there's there's (laughs) a give and take there. (laughs) No, I think they would take the offense over the defense for sure. But It's more fun to watch, that's for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. Do you want to do a little bit of buy and sell before we get off of this? Yeah, let's go ahead and do a little bit of buy and sell, Brian. What you got for us? All right, how about this? Kyle Trask throws for 325 or more yards, buy or sell. I'm buying that like crazy. Uh, buying like hotcakes. Come on, guys. He threw for 253 last week. Emery's going to play most of the second half, right? <laughs> no, because you said that the last two weeks, and it didn't happen. Well, and okay, now- let me let me say this, though. Kentucky has a better defense than Tennessee does. So I'm going to go ahead and go buy because I, I, Kentucky's defense is, is – May not be the best, may not have been the best against Alabama, but it's Alabama. But Kentucky's defense has been pretty consistent this whole year uh, with all the teams that they've played. So I'm going to go ahead and go by because I know Tennessee's defense is not good whatsoever. All right, let's start on this one. Jake, let's start with you here. What? Three and a half touchdown passes for Kyle Trask. I think they just started the campaign, you know, uh, this this couple uh, weeks late, by the way. Let's Let's be honest. I know, here. I know, I know but they just started all the, the Trask for Heisman stuff. There's no way if they're able to do it, Dan does to get him more than three and a half touchdown passes. So I got to go with bye. Did you mean Kyle Trask or Kyle Pitts? <laughs> so, uh, I, I, if, Those two go hand in hand in some cases. So. Right, right. <laughs> uh, Kyle Pitts had three last week so uh, with, on his return. So we'll, I'm going to go ahead and go bye with that. Yeah, I, I, I believe that could happen, especially with the man Kyle Pitts back, and he might have two of them and maybe even all three. Who knows? Uh, him and Kadarius Tony have been mismatches back there in the backfield. The most consistent mismatches, I would say. But, uh, hey, look out for Trevon Grimes, man. He's, he's been on a mission there, too. Uh, Jacob Copeland had one last week as well. He's had a couple. Um, I do like Trent what Whittemore I see. could be back. Who? Trent Whittemore. Trent Whittemore? Uh, actually, yeah. If he's if Trent Whittemore's back, that uh, that adds another weapon there. So, who knows? Trent, Trent Whittemore might have one. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I, it's just, man, they, Florida's got too many weapons, but. I do like what I've seen from Trevon Grimes here lately and Justin Shorter. Justin Shorter, another one. Trevon Grimes, Justin Shorter with those big catches, those big mitts in the backfield, the, the, the touchdowns that they had, the, the, the touchdown that Grimes had in the Georgia game, and then the touchdown that you saw Shorter at. <laughs> You're just like, they're, they're the same kind of rep, replicating plays there. So I guess, yeah, 
I'm going to go ahead and go by, you know, I fixed and done running my mouth here about that one, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's there's so much things to talk about the skaters offense that it's, uh, you know, you could just pretty much buy anything offensively. Yeah. And I tend to agree with Jake with Florida finally getting on that Trask for Heisman bandwagon. This, this is the game that Dan Mullen should just let him air it out. Let, let, let him get 600 passing yards. Let him throw for eight touchdowns here. Let him play the entire third quarter, regardless of the 63 to three score. Um, and, you know, go from there. Um, yeah, I think he goes over on the yards and on the touchdown passes. How about UF rushing? They kind of struggled in their last game, or at least struggled as far as the total amount of yards. What about 125 yards? Do we get over that hump? Hmm. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say sell. Um, I think we can do it, though. I'm kind of in between on that. I'm going to go ahead and say sell. I uh, just with with Kyle Pitts and, and everybody, you know, on all cylinders here. I think Florida's going to try to come out early and often and and you know, I, I guess I actually you know what I'm going to change my mind. I'm going to go I'm going to go buy on that one because if if they get Emory Jones involved and uh, you know, have I just think Damian Pierce, Damian Pierce is their best back right now and he's proven it in the run game and I think they're going to try to run Damian Pierce a little bit more this game. So I'm just going to go ahead and go with buy. You know, I'm going to go with buy based on we're going to go because David's a stat man. Florida has over 150 yards rushing in its last four games, so you got to go buy with there based on the averages at least. Yeah, that's why three I out of my sorry, mind. not not all, but not it's four, last four games, three out of its four. I'm sorry. Okay, I was going to say the last game was like 104, <laughs> and that was what with one big run too. Right. All right, so let's move on to uh, turnovers forced by the UF defense. Two and a half. I know that number is a lot, a little bit higher than uh, it normally is, but that's because this is such a bad Tennessee offense that is so prone to turnovers. What do you guys think? Does, does Florida pick up three turnovers here? That's a good question. Is Grantham going to get cussed out again or what? You could buy or sell that one? I think Mullen's going to do that in the locker room before the game this week. <laughs> okay, well, then I'll buy it. Yeah, I'll go ahead and buy that uh, over two and a half interceptions throw. Now, if Garantano was playing, I would definitely buy that 100%. So, yeah, I, I'm going to I'm gonna do a, a not that confident buy, but I'm still going to buy it. You know, for the first time, I'll give the Gator defense some credit, and I'll buy it. Yeah, I think this is the game that Florida's defense is going to put it all together. Um, I'm hoping so. Um, this is the game that they have to do it. They've got two more chances to show out, and uh, this is this is a match made for them. Uh, this is a defense that has struggled in the passing game, has struggled at times in the running game. This is a game where they can key on that running game and and play man-to-man defense across the board, and they should be able to get the job done and get it done well. Um, last one for you guys. How about UF? Minus 17 and a half. Are you taking Florida to cover the spread here? I would. Um, if I was betting my money, I would take Florida to cover the spread. Now, uh, that doesn't mean that we could. I, I think so. Part of me thinks Dan Mullen doesn't want to give away all of his playbook, though, before he plays Alabama. So I, I don't know. I have no clue. I'm going to go ahead and say they covered that spread. And uh, just because Ken, Kentucky's defense is, is, is a lot better than theirs. And, uh, and Florida was able to, to, to get 24 points. And I know a lot of fans were upset because the spread was 24 and a half and they were one yard away from actually covering that spread last week. But uh, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and go with by there. Haven't covered the last two games. Not going to go for it this time. They are not going to cover. <laughs> Come on, man. It's only 17 and a half, Jake. Everything we've said has pretty much been, yeah. <laughs> what if they only win by 17? That's not covering. 
Uh, that's a fact. Uh, okay, so uh, before we get into our final score predictions, why don't we talk? Does anybody have any closing thoughts in, in regards to college football this week, this game, anything? Oh, let's see. Can't uh, think of anything right now. I hope Georgia loses to Vanderbilt, but I don't think that's going to happen. But uh, no. Um, uh, any uh, closing thoughts? I guess would be um, no. I, I don't think I have any really. Uh, nothing's really been on my mind that much. The only thing I wanted to bring up real quick was Florida's going to be wearing the blue helmets. I don't know if you guys saw that making its rounds on Twitter the last two days. I was actually busy during work all day. I did not know. Uh, I don't really. Cool I, I haven't been on Twitter that much. Pissed. Oh, yeah. Well, Florida's going to be wearing blue helmets. Let's hope that doesn't slow them down at all. <laughs> uh, you know, the, the the mystique of the white helmet that was out there for a long time. Uh, but, yeah, I'm excited to see what the exact combo is that they come out with. Um, it's supposed to be – the helmets are supposed to be from the 1965 throwback uniforms. Um, so we'll see what happens. Uh, I'm excited to see it. Uh, I'd like to see a little bit of diversity. Um as long as it's not that uh, green uniform they wore a few years back. Um, but no, I, I think it's great. So why don't we get into our uh, final score predictions before we wrap this up? I have up. something. I have something I want to uh, College football related, extend Jim Harbaugh. Please, for the love of God, do it. Or at least have Jim Harbaugh and Tom Herman switch jobs for a year. All right, Jake, on that note, because I, I do want to I do want to add to that, because you saw Michigan's game against Maryland got canceled this week. Yeah. Jim Harbaugh manages to not play Ohio State next week, and Ohio State gets stuck at six games or five games in, in the Big Ten this year, and they can't make it to the championship game, yes, 100% extend Jim Harbaugh forever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's just so fun to laugh at the end, dude, of, like, <laughs> Jim Harbaugh. And just the he he does like everything that all the elite programs do, and then he just never accomplishes anything. But he's got job security somehow, is what some people are swearing out there. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. Uh, you know, uh, speaking of actually, you know what? I'm going to add to this as well. Y'all were just talking about uh, pretty terrible coaches here. Uh, you know, Norvell actually managed to uh, avoid two of the two toughest games left on the schedule. So, yeah, <laughs> we'll we'll go ahead and throw How that one out there. The whole conspiracy are like teams just opting out. Like, are they just ducking teams because they want the season to be over? Well, it would be different if Norvell would have said, "Oh, well, there's COVID cases. We we're not going to travel, or we're not going to have the other team travel." But he waits like two to three hours before the game. And then he's like, oh, I don't want to play this game now. Yeah, it's pretty phenomenal. It's actually incredible. Why didn't Dan Mullen and our Jim McElwain back in the day think of that? It, it wasn't death threats. We had COVID. <laughs> yeah, I mean. It's like the equivalent of like sleeping on something. It's like, ah, see how I feel in the morning. You wake up. I don't want to play today. Hey, we, we no, somebody, we somebody go to play. the locker room and cough. <laughs> It's like the ultimate troll, man. Like, you know how people troll on the internet. That's like the ultimate, like, college football troll is when you go into a game, have the team travel to your stadium, and then just say, we're not going to play it, man. Our, our team's got some COVID uh, issues. I, th I think Dave's right there. If you're going to extend Jim Harbaugh, we might have to extend Mike Norvell, too. <laughs> I would also like to extend Tom Herman, just for the fun of it, too. Well, there's a lot of rumor out there now that Urban Meyer's being looked at by Tennessee, or excuse me, Texas. So, um... Who knows? Didn't they say? <laughs> didn't they say Shelley was uh was out scoping out houses in Austin or something? Yeah, they said that like four years ago too. So, 
I'm just waiting for the next article to come out about Dan Mullen go to the NFL. Because uh, that comes out like every single year. And I think it was Mark Long who said that Mullen would consider reuniting with Dak Prescott in Detroit when that Detroit job came available. Check it out. I'm almost certain it was Mark Long. So, but Detroit throws forty million dollars at Dak Prescott, and then Dan Mullen goes to Detroit. That just sounds like a disaster. I'll tell you what. Stranger things have happened, man. <laughs> yeah, like Mike McCarthy getting a job again. Exactly. <laughs> maybe if right, the let's uh, wrap it up with some predictions, guys. <laughs> I was about to say before we do the predictions, maybe if the offense don't work out over at Florida State, they can hire uh, Willie Taggart back on offensive coordinator there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, who wants to give their prediction first, Brian, Jake, or will I do it? Jake, you go ahead. All right, fine. This is totally not thought out. I thought prediction. you raised your hand. Oh, no, I just had my hand on my head. Oh, okay. Well, go ahead anyway. Maybe it's your scalp. Um, anyway, this is this there's literally no basis for anything I say ever. So why should the prediction have anything at all? Uh gut feeling, I gotta go Florida thirty eight. And I know I said they wouldn't cover, but I gotta go thirty eight to seventeen for them. <clears throat> That's a cover. It, Come on. <laughs> I know I said they wouldn't cover, but it's still, it's how it works in my mind. I'm stupid, okay? Yeah, yeah. I don't think I have a degree and I'm not, I don't have a job. He's got bipolar hey, I got, predictions. I got Florida taking it 52 to 10. I just don't see any way Tennessee even keeps it closed for a while. I think the fourth quarter is all fun and games for the backups and the third stringers. Um, yeah, I just say 52 to 10 and even 10, I just feel like it might be too much. I kind of want to throw like, you know, here's here's seven for you guys. Maybe eight. We'll give you a two point conversion there or something. <laughs> um, but I just I don't think that Tennessee offense is good enough to get more than that. See, I think this offense has been capable of scoring fifty and sixty points on their last three opponents. And, and I mean, Arkansas they did it, but I mean, like I just I think a part of me is just is Dan Mullins trying to hide a lot of stuff in his playbook. And I mean, you know, we've seen that 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 past, you know, that past, you know, the Kadarius Tony and the Kadarius Tony passes it and all that kind of stuff. I mean, we've seen that, but uh, I, I we've seen that like three times this year. But I just don't, I don't know, man. I'm gonna go forty five seventeen. I think Tennessee. I think Florida gives up some points to Tennessee. Uh, maybe a little bit in some garbage time, and I'm hoping we have garbage time because I've predicted garbage time like the past two times that we haven't. But I'm going to go 45-17. I, I just don't think Tennessee is going to have the firepower to compete with Florida, and I think Florida is going to start out a little hot, especially with Kyle Pitts back. And, um, yeah, just Tennessee's missing too many players, especially with uh, with Kobe. I know, uh, you know, Jerry Pruitt hasn't been – you know, telling us who they were. I know we got Jarrett Garantano was still out. I think it's something like contact tracing or something, but they, they're, they're actually saying he, he could be available. He may not, but it looks like more on the not side, but we don't know the other 15 players that are out. Uh, we don't, uh, he said some of them were starters. Some of them weren't, but I just think Florida, uh, they've started out slow these past couple of games. I don't know if they're, I just think Dan Mullen's not trying to show too much of the playbook here towards the end of the season in the SEC championship game, but I think Florida's more than capable of winning this game, so I'm going to go with 45-17. All right, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to change mine just so they cover cuz yeah, I was give, I was given crap so they don't <laughs> so, saying that Tennessee wouldn't cover or whatever I said. Oh, I go 38-21. That way 
Florida didn't cover, and it's consistent with what I was saying earlier. Yeah, yeah, something like that. <laughs> just say Florida's going to score 20 points just to jinx them, so they'll score like 50 or 60. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, every time I've lowballed, they've scored a million points. There you go. I In mean, that case, it's going to be 34 to 13. <laughs> I, I was about to say, with this offense, you could probably say 30-something, and people would be upset, and that would be lowballing them. So, yeah, you could go You could go with that prediction. Yeah. All right, folks, that'll do it for our preview show with Brian Fox Jr. and Jake Hitt here from ChompTalk.com and your boy David Soderquist here. Does Brian or Jake have anything else to add? Nope. No. All right, folks, if you want to leave a voicemail on our voicemail message line, you can call 352-888-4687. That is 352-888-4687. But that'll do it for this preview show this week from ChompTalk.com.